This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. To live a life that we want and can be proud of, we must form new healthy attitudes, behaviors, and thinking patterns. Valeria Tellez interviews Rachel B. Foy, the author of I Quit, the how-to guide of letting go of everything that is holding you back. Rachel B. Foy, M.E.D., is a best-selling author, life strategist, and entrepreneur. Rachel B. Foy is conquering life's possibilities with willpower, a positive attitude, and an infectious smile. Rachel, an East Texas native, is the CEO of Elevated Possibilities, LLC, a coaching, consulting, and empowerment business. The company works with clients who want to achieve success but lack the basic know-how required to reach their goals. The dynamic businesswoman is the driving force behind a proprietary business model built upon three key principles. Mindset, mission, and value. Men and women who use her proven life-changing formula credit Rachel with arming them with vital life skills, key among them confidence, initiative, and a results-driven thought process. It's the kind of grit and resolve Rachel applied to her own life when she decided to leave a lucrative job after nearly a decade to launch her own business, a leap of faith she does not regret. Rachel honed her understanding of human behavior and her ability to empower others over the course of several years, using her own experiences of loss, grief, and healing to develop her signature optimistic outlook. Her journey to success is the inspiration behind her first book, this book, which encourages readers to uncover the greatness that lies within us, all by quitting the bad behavior and negative thinking that limits our potential, earned critical acclaim from book lovers across the country. The principles in I Quit proved so revolutionary, it is used by educators, youth groups, women's empowerment organizations, and corporate game changers as a team-building resource. The I Quit brand has expanded to include merchandise and a popular podcast of the same name. It is also the concept behind Rachel's sought-after motivational speaking program. Rachel earned a Bachelor of Science in Political Science from Sam Houston State University. She received her Master's in Education from Grand Canyon University. The former educator maintains close ties with the public education system and utilizes her knowledge and expertise as a previous education consultant 
to create specialized curriculum and instruction. Rachel and her collaborative partners work diligently to help the educational community achieve excellence. Rachel is co-founder of 8 Impact, a nonprofit organization that mentors young girls and teaches them the value of self-care, self-esteem, etiquette, conflict resolution, education, and business. She dedicates much of her time to church, community service, and volunteerism. Rachel lives in Shiro, Texas with her husband, Randall J. Foy, and her two daughters, Mila and Brooklyn. Meet Rachel at rachelbfoy.com. Here is the interview with Rachel B. Foy. In your own words, who is Rachel B. Foy? Oh, Valerie, that is a really great question. Rachel B. Foy is all-encompassing and complex yet simplistic all at the same time. So that may sound quite confusing, but is not a lot of life confusing. And so Rachel B. Foy is from a small town in East Texas. She is the mother of two. She's a wife. She is a go-getter, a go-giver. She's a daughter, a sister. She's a servant first and foremost. And she's a believer of God in Jesus Christ. And her main focus, everything about Rachel has always been to serve and empower people, whether it was when she was teaching, whether she was in corporate America, or whether she took the leap of faith and did what God told her to do and leave her job, quit her job, and to actually go out and commission um just the message to empower people. So fun loving, outgoing, <laughs> a little silly, <laughs> but um, a lover of life. All of those things encompass me, Rachel B. Foy. Yeah, sounds wonderful. Thank you. You mentioned God and you also in your book, you mentioned many times there's a, a section where you say, I am living proof that dreams do come true that you can rise from the most devastating circumstances and create the life God has proposed in your heart. So um, my question is, what, where, and who is God to you? To me, God is... that That's a good question. <laughs> For me, <laughs> um, God is so many things to so many different people. But for me, he is the foundation of my being. Yeah. So what flows out of me, whether it's what I say, what I do, my intention is for it to be a reflection of God. I think one of the greatest things is when you really have a relationship with God, when you have that relationship with Jesus Christ, just understanding that it really does give you a very good model of how we can have relationships in our lives. So for me, my practice of my belief and my faith and who God is, is everything that I am. So God is patient. You know, God is kind. God is 
long suffering. Um, but God is also compassionate. God, there's times where (laughs) he gets frustrated with his children, you know? And so for me, he's all those things, he's foundation. And when I went through some of the most devastating parts in my life of having lost my son, I could not lean honestly into me. I could not lean into other people. I had to have a belief in a higher power, which for me is God. Um, I had to have that belief in just believing that somewhere (laughs) up there, all around me, surrounding me was a God that loved me and could comfort me and could help me walk through this Valley, walk through this shadow of death, like walk through all these difficult parts. So for me, God, again, is all encompassing and ever flowing in my life. But because I am human, (laughs) God is not because I am human. I give myself grace. And because of that relationship with God, I understand that it's a give and it's a take. And He gives me grace. God gives me grace and I can give myself grace and give others grace. So in a nutshell, that's who God is for me. Where I find God is all around me in nature. When I walk, the sun, the light, the the wind and within me, you know, I definitely believe that God lives within me. So that's who, what, when and where. So would you also say that God is uh, within everyone? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Beautiful. Another question I have that I often ask some of my guests, not all of them, because they don't mention God in a certain way, is the idea of God being male. So I'm wondering if you have the same ideas, which I have I read your book and you did mention him he, I'm wondering if God could be something that's genderless or even a she. I believe that it doesn't, because of truly, I think, just vernacular, just saying he as universal, that it isn't just he. Of course, um, I believe it can be she, it can be that, it can be the entity, it's really for me that higher power. I know that we say father and it says heavenly father in the Bible that I read. However, I'm also fully aware that in the beginning, you know, it said God created earth. So I believe we in some parts associate to a particular he because it says father. But I also believe, at least for myself, that there are some things that I know my earthly mother does that my dad didn't. So I have to believe that the God that I serve and the God that I know is not just male and isn't just female has the capacity to be able to fulfill those parts all of those parts of me. So to answer your question, I don't necessarily think it's a a man or a woman. I just know God to be God. Um, I do know that we say 
Heavenly Father, and I'll speak, you know, about Heavenly Father. But that's a really great question. I haven't really thought about that before, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, thank you for your honesty, authenticity, and just uh, answering the questions (laughs) the way from where you know to be true. Thank you. So, um, purpose, you write something that's very powerful. You say someone is waiting for you to operate in your own purpose so they can operate in theirs. That is very powerful and true to me. So my question to you is about purpose in general. I have three questions. Um, What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? I believe it's just that it's an experience. And oftentimes as we travel through life, we don't take the time to experience. It is not my belief that we were just placed here on earth for ourselves, for our own desires. And sometimes I say selfish desires, but not always, but for our own desires and understanding that I truly believe we're all connected and intertwined in some way. So for purpose, that part is just understanding that we were here we're here for a reason. And oftentimes that reason truly is already inside of us. We just have to search the roadmap, connect the dots and see exactly what that purpose is that we've been placed here on the earth for. And my question to you is, have you found your gift? I believe I have. I believe that (laughs) There are layers to it. And the part that I definitely talk the most about, whether it's to my clients or just to people in the world, is oftentimes the very thing that we overlook or what comes to us so naturally and we do so easily is often either part of our purpose, connected to our purpose. It could be a gift that So I believe that we can have gifts and the way that we put it out into the world can push forward our purpose. For example, I believe part of my purpose is to empower people, to give people hope in an authentic, transparent, and true to life way. It is not pretty. It is the true picture of what life is. Like there's such great messages in the messiness of life. But how do I do that? I do that through my voice. I believe my gift of speaking is just that it's a gift to speak. But part of my purpose is not just to speak, but it's to take those words and whatever comes out of my mouth, that it is uplifting, that it is hopeful, that it is true, that it is authentic. So because our gifts sometimes may not look as we perceive a great gift could be, we often discount them or minimize them. And those are the very things that make us uniquely who we are. So I believe gifts and purpose can be intertwined. One does not negate the other, but for me, I had to understand in finding my voice, my purpose was not to only speak, but it was to speak with intention and 
make sure that it is uplifting and elevating. Yes, I love that. I'm glad you did it and you are doing that. My other question about purpose is, why does it take so long for us to access and that purpose or to understand what our purpose or our purposes are? Wow, I think that's the million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why does it take so long? In my case, I can say, I even stayed in the book, like, thank goodness I did not quiet or mute my loquacious voice. So I think, at least in my experience, because it was something that wasn't always looked at in a positive way, that you don't feel like that is your purpose, you know, or or that's a gift. So for me, I have always been a talker. I talk, talk, talk. I talked when I was in school and would talk to the point where I would get in trouble at school. (laughs) And so, you know, you put that in the category. And so a lot of times you're seeing, well, well, that's not a positive thing. Like I need to be quiet, but it was understanding It really wasn't until I got in junior high and I was in organizations and I could get up and speak with no problem. And most of the students in the room couldn't. Well, it actually took a person in my life saying, that's a gift. Everyone can't get up and speak. You know, if we look at the statistics, I want to say maybe 82% or more, that is one of their biggest fears is public speaking. And I don't have a problem getting up speaking. So I believe it's difficult to find or it takes a longer time to find because we end up listening to outside voices instead of our inner voice. If we begin to teach, like I teach my daughters very early right now at their their young age, that we all have different gifts. We all have different purposes. So what are the things you're good at? What are the things you enjoy? How do you help people? So I believe it's exploring and listening more to your inner voice instead of the outside noise and the thoughts of the world that often influences what we believe we should be doing or what we even consider a gift or a talent. Most of the time, if you're not singing, dancing, uh, playing a sport, like there are specific boxes that often the world or I'll say society has placed people in. So we have to do a very good job of breaking down the barriers and allowing people to discover inwardly exactly what their gift is and what they believe their purpose is on the earth. Yes, a million times yes to that. I have a lot of questions here, but I'll ask you a question that relates to your work, your book, I Quit, the how to guide to letting go of everything that is holding you back. The main message I absolutely love, letting go of all the things that don't help us to become happier and peaceful. The first question is about the misconceptions about being strong, this idea of being strong and and not giving up. Talk to me for a moment about that. Well, that what you said is there is, I'll say almost a stigma attached to letting go. 
to, to quitting, to stopping. We are often just inundated with don't give up, don't quit, keep going. Quitters never win, winners never quit, that we just have to keep moving forward. And the truth of the matter is we are not machines. We are human beings. And in that, we have emotions. We, we're not like a vehicle where it can go, go hundreds, thousands of miles and not get tired. Like we're going to wear down. We're going to get tired. So even when I'm not speaking of our physical, because we'll often give our physical bodies a rest, but we won't allow our emotions to rest. We won't allow our mind to rest. We won't allow our spirit, our true being to just be at rest. And oftentimes, especially being a mother, being a business owner, being a wife and having all of these hats, it is believed, (laughs) believed, it is nothing but a perception that we can be all things to all people at all times. And that just is not true. And the very first person that we have to take care of is ourselves before we can take care of anyone else. So for me to be strong, the greatest strength is vulnerability. The greatest strength is when I allow myself to have time in the shower to cry my eyes out. I have no idea why. I do not know why I feel this way. But after I finish, I feel refreshed. I feel cleansed. And I just believe we have to shift the narrative of what strong is. Mm -hmm. I can tell you for myself, um, my mother growing up, I just always wanted to be like her because she would she was up before any of us were up in the morning and she was in the bed asleep well after everyone had gone to sleep. And it was just my belief in seeing her that this is what I should do. If I could just be half of the woman she is, like for me, that was the greatest part of womanhood is getting up before everybody and saying up after everyone's gone to bed. Well, I couldn't do that. My my mental, <laughs> and I say I couldn't, I no longer chose to do that because I did for a very long time. And my emotional state and who I was began to suffer and everyone around me began to suffer because I wasn't built that way. <laughs> like I'm just being honest. And So for me, that's the the greatest strength is understanding that you can create a different narrative and their narrative wasn't wrong. And your narrative doesn't necessarily mean it's right. It's what's best for you and the strength that you need may show up differently than someone else. But for me, the greatest strength is is in your vulnerability and being really connected with you. Right. You write also something that I really loved, uh, empowered women, empower women. So I guess the first question uh, I have to change here because something else came to mind is about uh, women supporting other women. Yeah. What are some of your ideas of learning to do that more often? How can we break that um, 
competitive or I don't know even the other words for that, that the women they have against each other. Unfortunately, it's still happening. Um, so I'm wondering how can we learn perhaps faster to support one another? I think one way we can learn to support one another is first to, to love yourself. Because oftentimes I find that when it's, whether it's competition or a woman walks in the room and there there begins to be a negative vibe or an envious part, it's typically because of an insecurity that someone else is feeling that has nothing to do with that woman. Um, so the first thing I would say is understanding your strengths, understanding your gifts, like loving yourself unconditionally, being there for you would be number one. And then number two, not seeing each other as competitive or um, like competitors, but actually seeing each other as collaborators. Like how, how is it possible that we could collaborate? No one person is great in every single area. So where I have an opportunity to grow, you may have that very skill or that very strength. So if we begin to look at it beyond the physical, because typically when we walk in, if it's someone being jealous, I'll even say like jealous of someone's beauty. Typically, I can say, having been an educator in corporate and working with women, those beautiful women have their own set of self-esteem issues that they had to work through. Like you think they're absolutely gorgeous and they may pick themselves apart. So it's again, understanding to, to love yourself and to not see each other as competitors, but to see each other as collaborators. How could we work together? How could this benefit the both of us? And then I think the other thing is just not believing the hype and believing social media and just believing all the stuff that's out here. There are groups of women more than not that actually do work well together, that uplift each other. But those women typically don't get the spotlight. Mm. So making sure that we begin to shine the spotlight on positive relationships, on how we collaborate together and how we uplift each other with something as simple as giving another woman a compliment. You, just simple things. So that's how I believe we'd be able to empower one another. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> Again, I love, absolute love your clarity too on these topics, right? Always the first point about going back to ourselves again and feeling strong within so we don't have to compete. We don't need to be unkind with anyone. Right, absolutely. But it's the work that we've done. You know, we, when you're able to have these perspectives, it's because we've taken a look inwardly and that's where it all begins is inward. And then going beyond the physical, right? And transcending that. Yes. How did you become a writer? And what was the inspiration and also intention of writing your book, I Quit? I became a writer 
actually at a very young age. So I had to distinguish this. I have always journaled ever since I was young to get out my feelings or whatever I was going through or excitement. I, as any many young girls, I kept a diary and then I moved from a diary to journaling. So all throughout my life, I have books and books like journals that I have written in to become a, a published author was something that I wanted to do for at least, I don't know, eight to 10 years before I did it. And what I had to do to be able to move beyond the desire and to actually see it manifest and happen was I enlisted some help. I hired a book coach and I literally hired her to hold me accountable (laughs) because if I had, you know, if I had deadlines, then I knew that I would get it done. But the intent of the book was to share my story and it was to really give sense of the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover. And in this instance, people would see me in my life and comment, you're so positive, you're so uplifting. We miss you because you just bring so much life. And I realized that people did not understand my story. They didn't know that I did not wake up with this sort of joy and outgoing, like I have a daily routine. And for many years, I was not this positive person that they see that I had gone through depression. I had gone through, which I talk about in the book after the death of my son. um, I had just gone through so many deep, dark despair. And when I began to share that with people, they had no idea. So I thought it was important to help people understand that much of what has transformed in my life and the person they see before them has been a choice. I have had to choose every day to choose joy. I've had to choose to look at the silver lining or the positive and not look at the overwhelming negative that may be staring me in the face. Every decision is a choice. So the intentionality of the book was to share the stories that I've gone through and what I had to quit, which typically had to do with me (laughs) and my evolution and my growth and my journey. And then there's a chapter, of course, of other quitters, but it's all helping people understand that we have a choice in this life, that if you want to change your attitude, you can Like you can choose to do that. If you want to see different surroundings in your life and be surrounded by different people, you can, you can choose to do that, but it all begins with us making the decision. And I want it to be the example for someone to let them know that if I could do it, you can too. I love the name of your company, Elevated Possibilities. What an inspiring name. Talk to me about the I Quit movement and your company, Elevated Possibilities. Okay. I Quit movement is all about choice. It's empowering people all over the world to choose to quit the things that are holding them back in life, whether it is our mindset, limited beliefs, 
toxic relationships, which can be toxic relationships with ourselves. We don't talk a lot about that, but that's true. Um, So it's all about quitting those things, but not leaving a void there, understanding how to then replace them. So if I want to quit negativity, how am I, what am I going to replace it with? And what are the steps? So it's actionable steps to be able to quit what's holding you back and elevated possibilities. We, we all believe that things are possible and we have possibilities, but the name of the company, I really wanted people to get that you can even elevate those. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, right. you can have this thought <laughs> and that can be elevated. So it was taking people and giving a roadmap of how to move beyond. And not always, beyond doesn't always mean higher. Sometimes beyond means deeper. Right. So how to right. Exactly. So how to move beyond. And with my company, we work with organizations, we work with school districts, individuals. Um, We speak, we have a podcast, like there's an array of different parts, but it's all about coaching, training, consulting. And the last piece is empowerment. Everything we do has to include the foundation of empowerment. I love when you say I quit being afraid of what people think. So that's a powerful phrase. Talk to me for a moment, Rachel, about taking responsibility and not blaming others. I kind of chuckle when I think about that because it always takes me back to a scenario I shared in the book when I was in college and I ended up having a ticket for no insurance. And I had been receiving the notifications, but was a college student, irresponsible, not paying attention, ended up showing up at court. And long story short, they booked me into jail. (laughs) They were like, if you do not pay, you are going to jail. And in that moment, I was very angry with everyone but myself. And so when I was able to really reflect, of course, after I I got out and all of that stuff, I was able to reflect and I had to be honest that it was me. It was nobody else's fault that I didn't pay the ticket. I had the money to pay the ticket. I just didn't make it a priority because I just wasn't that concerned. But let me help you understand after that, I always paid my insurance. Everything was paid up. I just believe that if we allow ourselves, when we hold ourselves accountable and we stop blaming others, because when we blame others, you have just given your power away. You're saying that you don't have the power to shift or change or make things happen in your life. It's only dependent upon this person or this situation. And that isn't true. So oftentimes, if we're not where we want to be, the person that we have to look at is the person in the mirror. So when we're able to do that and hold ourselves accountable to that degree and that level, The truth of the matter is, at least in my life, I've gotten more done. I've seen myself succeed more. 
And I have been more empowered because I have the power. Like the God within me has already, he's already given us the power and the authority over our lives. We should not be handing it out or giving it over to others. So that's the greatest thing accountability does for me. So uh, we're almost at the end. I love the um, the ending. You have these um, the legacy images of your family. That's lovely. I absolutely love that. And also the I quit stories from other quitters. You have lots of people. And um, one that caught my attention was this. I don't know if I can pronounce her name, but um, Sade or Sade Bordeaux. Yes. Which she says, I quit letting my fears get in the way of my dreams and took a leap of faith and started walking in my purpose. And she says a lot more than that, but that is really powerful. Just mm-hmm. being courageous mm-hmm. enough to follow your intuition, your inner wisdom. That's really what gets down to, or perhaps from your perspective would be listening to the voice of God and following that. That's right. It does take courage. So I have a few more questions, Rachel. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Uh, Sure. I would definitely like to add when we talk about courage, for people to understand that courage doesn't always mean the absence of fear, that it's the willingness to do it in the face of fear that oftentimes when we take these leaps, it doesn't mean that we aren't afraid or we aren't terrified. We're just willing to do it regardless. Because yeah, our purpose is more important, what we have to show, right? Absolutely. So I'll read this portion. When we dim our light, others who need our story can't see it clearly. When we dim who we are, we cause the purpose and story of our life to be a strain to see. But when we shine brightly and walk boldly in who we are, we add to the illumination the world needs to allow those who need our story, knowledge, talents, or gifts to see it clearly without strain. Have you ever intentionally dimmed your light because you didn't want to outshine someone else? That's one of the things that I had to quit. I had to quit dimming my light. I had to quit allowing myself to not shine as bright as I could because I didn't want to offend someone else. I had to allow myself to be fully and completely me. Mm. That's what I encourage you to do as well. You do mentioned in your book also, I have it here, you said I was fearful of success. That's interesting that um, when we think about it, it doesn't make sense, right? To be afraid of success, but we do because we don't want to hurt other people, which means Mm -hmm. we don't love ourselves enough. So speaking of success, um, this is one of my last questions. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? To me, it's so funny you asked that question. I have been having this conversation for like a week. <laughs> what yeah. is success? So to me, success is twofold. It is the freedom of time. So having the freedom and the autonomy to be able to spend quality time with the people, the things, 
the organizations, whatever it is, but to have that freedom of time and not be completely restrained and in the constraints of time. So freedom of time is success for me, as well as the greatest success to date, I believe has been going through the process and to heal. You said it earlier um, that it was a sign of, of healing and that's just it. I took the journey to heal and it took time. I'm still on that road to heal in other areas of my life, but the greatest success I have to date has been my healing and the journey to healing because it has allowed me to live a free and to begin to understand exactly how full life can be. I couldn't see that until my lens and my heart had healed. And with that, that has been my greatest success. Like so much has come out of it, but it could not transform in my life and manifest in my life until I was healed. So that's been the greatest success to date. Two more questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? I would. <laughs> if I did that, I would hop on a plane. I know what I'm supposed to. I would hop on a plane and go to an island. Mm, wow. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> go to the island because I love water, love the ocean, love lakes. I can say that's probably the really the only thing I would do different is is go live by water. I would live by water. Yeah, that means a lot, though. Yeah, there's a spiritual meaning uh, behind water. Well, it's very deep. <laughs> so it's almost that idea of getting deeper, as you mentioned before. It's not just going higher, but deeper. So last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of today? I know for sure that life is going to have ups and downs. You just need to strap in and ride that roller coaster. I know for sure that we have choices in this life, no matter what you see, no matter what you've been told. Please allow me to be the example and the voice that you really do get to choose. And the last thing that I know for sure in this life is that regardless to what all is going on, that there is a God, there is a higher power who is in control of it all. Those things I know for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much again, Rachel, for your beautiful presence, your authenticity, your wisdom, the work you do, being aware of your purpose. Thank you. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Sure. You can go to my website at www.rachelbfoy.com, as well as the book is sold on the website and on Amazon. I am on social media platforms as Rachel B. Foy. 
And my new products will be coming out in February. And all of that information, newsletter, being a quitter, all of that good stuff can be found on my website. Wonderful. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for having me. Bye for now, Rachel. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Rachel B. Foy and her work, please visit rachelbfoy.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.